0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to Jay's Corner. It's your boy Jay here. Hope everyone had a great holidays and enjoyed their Christmas and Hanukkah and Kwanzaa and New Year's and uh, getting ready for the New Year if they think about March. So today I want to talk to you all about the-, the Damar Hamlin situation in NFL and a few takeaways and a few main points I see from that. So I want to talk to everyone about Damar Hamlin Um, Just because that situation that happened has really affected a lot of people, not only within the football community, but also I think just humans in general, especially Americans. Um, One thing I noticed about that situation was just the sheer volume of when it happened and how that made an impact on how everyone saw it. So if you're not familiar, DeMar Hamlin, he is an NFL player who plays for the Buffalo Bills. Um, he's in his second year. He's actually a really seems like a really good guy, um, and even better teammate and player. Uh, this past year, he's been having a pretty good season, and he might even you know you know, have a chance to have a consistent starter role in the NFL. You know, you know the way the season season was going. You know, he was a starter for a playoff team. Um, he and Santa seems like he's a really strong leader in the locker room, especially as a starter. So the thing about DeMar Hamlin, um, the situation that happened is actually a very rare occasion that happens in football. However, an injury or something happens almost every single game, even sometimes, you know, practices or even doing trainings. And I think the magnitude of seeing this on live TV especially on a a primetime audience for a lot of fans, but also for just even um, fair watchers of the game, shows just how real football can get. And I think DeMar Hamlin, unfortunately, um, and fortunately he was, you know, part of a bigger instance in which you saw how injuries and how a sport can change someone's life. I've played football in my day, and one thing I can say is when I played football, I had some injuries that weren't documented, but also did make me want to be tougher. You know, I think sometimes the toughness of football is the one thing that gets a lot of players through their games and practices and seasons, and I think just that sheer volume of not it being a physical injury, but an internal injury made it even more scary i think everyone feared that and honestly his heart did stop everyone saw that someone may have passed but i think part of the issue with our imagery is we're so used to predictable scenes that that wasn't scripted <laughs> and i think because it wasn't scripted that made it even more of a a reality for a lot of people um, i'm I'm so happy that he's pulling through i'm so happy that the the team and medical staff were able to get out there so quickly and that's one of the one points I want to talk about with that situation um The shift technology we have today gives us great access to not only prolong life but revive life and I think we all saw that on national t v where someone hard stopped in any past life that would have been it. You know, and and that that comparison for football to be a gladiator sport, we saw that in real form. Um, you know, we've seen people break bones. I mean, even have neck injuries, get paralyzed on the field, which in any other instance would be traumatic. I mean, think about this as a car crash. You know, how many people have broken bones or have, you know, been paralyzed from a car crash? That's pretty much what people who are playing football, risk their life. Every single moment on the field. And even at the local levels, like high school, college, oh, man, even some middle schools, depending on where where area you in, that can happen. And it has happened. You know, I, I've heard I hear a lot of stories of players at every level being paralyzed. And just the idea of a, someone not being able to walk again or even move a limb because of a sport is is. It's, you know, you know. I, I wonder now, moving forward, how will football be? You know, will there be funding for this sport in our governments and our local sports? Will colleges, will the professionals also still have the same level of commitment to it? Or will it become more of a secular region where the, glad- the toughest of the toughest only play and we watch it because it's this select group? Um, it's interesting because with technology now, we saw it save his life. Medicine was able to not only be near the field, but also be quickly available on the field to where they could resuscitate him enough to have him stabilize himself at the hospital. And I think that's a medical miracle in this day and age, especially after what we saw with COVID, that that is possible. And just also the fact that these athletes have to be in great shape you got to really look at that to also be a blessing, too, because the average person couldn't restrain that in that magnitude because their body's not in shape. Being healthy is not only a reason just for the optics, but also for moments like that. We forget that sometimes some individuals, you know, they can't make it after these traumatic events because their body wasn't prepared prior to it. You know, the trauma you, your body takes is also, um, you know, when you talk about bad lifestyle, whether it's eating, um, not not dieting right, not getting enough exercise, uh, that does take a toll on our bodies and sometimes it might not show until the moments we need it to depend on us when our physical limitations or our mental limitations are incapable. And I think that's the one thing we need to think about, especially now with modern medicine, we have access. We have access to tools. We have access to information. Use it. Um, and I think with what we saw with this situation, DeMar Hamlin is a, is a product of modern medicine. His ability that not only is he able to watch the game of his team this week coming up, he, as, as unrealistic I see in his eyes for him to play football ever again, he could possibly play football again. And I think that's even more testament to not only our, what our bodies can are capable of, but also what we have seen from modern medicine. So sorry about that. Uh, so I'm, I'm doing a this new year for me uh, off topic. I'm going to be more authentic. So that's my background noise. So you heard that. But um, next point I want to talk about is how, what will this lead to the future of football? Now, I know for the future of football, it's already been a question, but now I wonder what does the future of football hold? Um, and I think it will depend. The definitely based off of demographics, economics, and cultural. Um, I'm here to say on the record, I don't want more black men playing football. I think we are now at a point where we see that football may. Be a detriment not only to the future of our men, but also to those currently. So I've shared this take with people around me um, or, or even those that know me, but I feel like football isn't the problem. The sport is very violent. The sport is very has contact, but it's not the only sport that's violent. And I think taking that into account, I don't think football is just very much a death sentence or as it should be banned from like high schools or even like middle schools or colleges. Um, I think that is still up to the program. And I think, you know, every individuality is key. And I think there's always going to be that need for football. Um, there's always there's now American football in other places around the world, so it doesn't have the same global impact as the world football that that it'd be soccer we call it in the u s but it does have a, a, a very much a cultural identity to Americans. so I don't think taking it out of schools is the right thing. I do think we should fund other programs specifically in minority areas um, and it's for a few reasons so Myself, I played football growing up, and one of the things you know when you are, when you grow up in a football culture is it's it's kind of like a how to say a birthright for you to, as a, as a male to play football. Um, even if if you notice, you know we have women's football leagues, and I wonder how many women who play football were from a football culture because in that culture it makes you want to play so much. It makes you want to do that and i know even for myself having family friends who are p- football players or love the game or just show talk so much about it, it makes you really makes a part of your identity um you know i i, I feel like as much as i might have been in church on sundays as a young age i probably watch more football on sundays you know and i think you know now that i'm at a, a, in my 30s you know how, how does that you know, I look back on, on how that has impacted not only my life, but also other other men like me. And and that's I think that's where I get to my point about not having more men of color in the sport. Um, there's a lot of different reasons, but I think the number one thing it boils down to is health. If you look at the. And I wonder if there's been studies on this done or if, if someone wants to who's listening to this, you should do a study on. The connection of males, particularly black males and white males who play football and their outlook on life as far as like success measurements on paper. And I think not to sound like a bigot, but I do wonder. About the number of comparisons of those that play football and make it to the NFL and make the millions in comparison to the other football players who may not even make it to college or only play high school, only play middle school, but played over six years of football and have had contact on contact on contact of head injuries. And what were their rates in life? Because I do feel like a lot of people that play football may have had some head trauma in some sense. And, you know, I think that we don't talk enough about that, especially when we judge black men. And I honestly say it's the same for white men, but I'm not a white male, so I'm not going to speak on that in this moment. But I will say for black men, it seems like a lot of us who aspire to play football grew up playing football and, you know, even in the playful moments when you're trying to like, you know, tackle someone or push someone, you know, what contact is that doing to you, to your brain? And and how does that affect not only your cognitive, but the development of the brain? And I wonder, you know, because I've, I've seen some peewee football programs as young as the age of five or six. These players, you know, even if they don't go to college, that's probably at least 10 years of football contact and, and potential head injuries. And I know a lot of times, you know, depending on the area we're in, you have better medical understanding. And I do wonder if these head injuries are affecting their cognitive development, especially once they reach adolescence and adulthood. Because it seems like, if you ask me, I I probably can trace a good number of these individuals who we deem as lazy niggas or ain't shit niggas or deadbeat niggas. And I wonder if we can attain their. Unmotivation back to their roots as a kid, I I, I really think about the brain trauma, especially watching that hit, because. That hit also made me think about um, another football player, um, Tua Tugaloa, who plays for the Dolphins, and he's seen a bunch of hits in his career. And, you know, just the head trauma a lot of football players have, we, we don't talk about. And I think sometimes, you know, even though this is a sport, we see boxers, we see MMA fighters take hits. And a lot of times we see them out. We know that, like, OK, they, they probably took a hit this and that. But football players don't get the same idea, especially the common average player. They just played high school, maybe played a little college, or, or they didn't even play college, just played high school. Or they played their Pop Warner for, just for a long time, and then they got to high school after five years, they didn't want to do it. There could have been some impact on their brain then that it didn't ever stabilize, especially if it's never been checked or looked at. And I do wonder about the future of football for black men because I don't think some of these inner city, not even just inner city because it's not always inner city, but some of these young men who are playing a game, coming from different backgrounds, I wonder if if they're not getting receiving that same development, especially if after their football dreams go away, how does that depression kick in? Because I remember for myself, even I played just a few years of football and I was... Kind of going through it just because I couldn't play, and I felt bad because I wasn't out there with my, my my teammates who who played, and and just with all the the ideas of pushing your dreams aside or pushing your dreams ahead, and, and not being a part of a team, and the toughness, and the, and, the, and the masculinity of it. You know, I look back on it now, I'm like, I made the right choice. But at that time, it was very, very difficult. In fact, I didn't realize, that, but it did lead me into a little depression in in, uh, in high school. You know, but I do wonder, like, how many other people have had that feeling after high school. You know, they played and then, you know, they didn't get a scholarship or they, uh, they might have got a scholarship and didn't pan out. And then, you know, they, they didn't go to the NFL, but some of your peers are still there and things like that. So so and, and and I wonder with that, because I have noticed in like other parts of the country, especially down south, where you have these major pretty much football programs that, you know, state championships all the time. But, you know, only five to five players, five to ten players get scholarships every year. So you still got another 20 players who might have been 15, 20 who are seniors. Who not getting scholarships just now in the community what are they doing how are they feeling do they still have that guilt do they still have that regret and more importantly do they have the cognitive ability to move on because i think that's the key when we talk about mental health um it's not necessarily about your ability to understand or your ability to to compartmentalize but it's your ability to express your emotions authentically but, but not detrimental to your well-being. You know, I think that's the key. But a lot of times I've, I've noticed that even just from teaching football players how their cognitive abilities are very different. And, and I wonder now with the DeMar Hammers injury, if that's going to be more of a, a focus for health because I, I don't want my kids to play football. I mean, they can watch it. They can support it. And I I don't think that's hypocritical, because I think football is a form of entertainment. But playing football is a sport. You can play a sport and still watch it, because there are a lot of people that may have played a sport don't watch it. There's a lot of people that watch sports, didn't really play the sport organized. They might have played it on their spare time, but not organized. And I think you can still have that balance. Um, and I don't, I don't and I don't, I don't think there's an issue with having that balance because you can be a fan of for entertainment, but also play something that you are good at or you like to show, or even just exercise with. So, all right, and and my so my final point about the Demar Hamlin situation has to deal with. Hold on, another bus came through. Okay, good buzzgong, but but next my main point my final point about the Jamal situation comes to deal with humanity, and I honestly I heard it doing a preview on a uh, ESPN and shout out to ESPN, but I I heard this on a preview and I kind of agree with it. One of the announcers, I think Dan Orlowski, he, he's, he said that, you know, this DeMar Hamlin situation showed not only just how much, you know, people care about uh, athletes as players, but also just, you know, fans were were very respectful overall. And um, it just shows, I think, a little bit of our humanity in a, in a good time, in a dark time. And I will say this week, I've noticed more humanity shown for a black man than I've ever seen this year. Um, and I think part of that is because we saw, we, we thought we saw death. And I think death can have a triggering effect on our, on our eyes because you you don't know h- how long you have in life. And I think everyone seeing that in live action just saw how quick life can be taken. and But also I think more importantly, in the midst of everything we talk about as a society, especially in the world, there, there is a deep down care for one another. Um, the fact that we still have this access and ability to not bomb each other just periodically every day around the world. I mean, we're doing it, but we're not doing it. You feel me? But, and I think that you have to realize humanity is still here and humanity will always prevail. Um, no matter what type of wishes or ill fate someone may have, humanity will thrive overall. Um, no one person is bigger than the the idea of humanity, and I think that just showed us this week with not you know, especially in America, I feel like it was you know on TV a lot, and you know with everything going on in the in the house. I'm gonna get to in another episode. We saw. A lot of our pure reactions, not only from our quote unquote toughest athletes, but also from our toughest and authentic Americans. I've seen more people band together on a sport than I have on politics. I've seen more people band together on a sport than I have do on racial issues. And that's because classism is prevalent and alive in America. Racism tends to get talked about a lot, but that's really just like a, like Charles and White say it's a poor man's problem. It's a it's a delusion. It's a distraction. Yeah, it might be an attack, but overall, it's a distraction because what we saw this week with the Hamlin situation is an act of class. Everyone that probably watches this sport probably in a similar class, but also because it was part of a culture that brought us together. See, race can't bring us together because there's always been a hierarchy in this country of white over black. And until that changes, that will never be an issue we come together on. However, class is an issue we can come together on because class is a feeling, it's not a look. It's something that is internal, it's something that makes you question not only your being, but also others unlike you, unlike race. Race may just makes you support your own and point the finger at the other. However, class, you can't point the finger at the other because you, you can't see it. Class is something that you can only feel. And I feel like this week, that's what we felt with this situation. Um, so yeah, so that's my take on the Demar Hammer situation. I hope everyone checks out the channel and leave some comments and, and like my pages on Instagram. Uh, YouTube's coming soon. And I'm also going to be doing some video blogging as well. So a lot to come from 2023 for Jay's Corner. Thank you all. Love. Peace.